0: Mm. Uh, before we read we're gonna be reading from uh, romans chapter 12 today i think kind of struck me this week that i should offer a warning that this message maybe not the passage but the message the sermon may be hard to hear and it may be harder to preach because i'm going to say some things that some of you may go wait a second But I think this is one of the more important passages in the New Testament. And so Romans chapter 12 and it's verses 9 through 21. We're actually going to study this a little bit next week as well. And so Father, lead us as we gather around your word, having sung songs new and old. We have such a friend in Jesus, not only for what has happened on the cross to wash away our sins and open heaven's gate, but for the example that he has given and has shown to us of how to love, what love looks like in action. And so as we seek to be faithful to the new command to love one another, Lord, we pray that your spirit would guide us as we read and reflect upon this portion of your Holy Word as we make our prayer in the name of Jesus, Amen. So Romans 12 beginning verse 9, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal but keeping your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Love must be sincere. Uh, If ever I had a bone to pick with the translation committee that gave us this particular version of the Bible, this is where I would pick a bone with them. To translate the Greek word that sits behind this word sincere that way takes the teeth out of what Paul is trying to convey to the early church. Wait a second, what's wrong with loving sincerely? Isn't that, Don, a good thing to do? To love people with sincerity? To sincerely love people? Well, ironically, I think sincere may be one of our most insincere words that we encounter today. Sometimes you get a form letter and how do they sign off at the end of it? sincerely yours. You don't know me Mr. CEO of the magazine that I subscribe to and so in kind of a, uh, some irony, sincere is kind of an insincere, inauthentic Word today, it acts like a genuine relationship exists when it it really may not at all, and so the word that Paul uses here, little Greek, little Greek lesson. On which is means not or without, on hypocritos. On hypocritos, hypocritos sounds like another word we. No, right? What does that sound like? Hypocrite. And so many translations say love must be without hypocrisy, which is the better translation. That has teeth, doesn't it? Love must be sincere. Well, I sincerely love you. Love without hypocrisy. Whoa. And so what Paul is saying there has teeth to it. Uh, we have studied the Sermon on the Mount before where Jesus says do not be like the hypocrites same word okay same, same root root word and the hypocrites the pharisees are those who pray to be seen by others who give to be seen by others when they fast they dishevel themselves and oh i'm so hungry because i'm fasting you know because i'm really religious and so do not be like the hypocrites. And it is a word that is borrowed from the Greek theater. The hypocrites simply were the actors. And back in the day, you know, they would wear a mask. They would hold a mask up. And so the actor is the person who is playing a part. We tend to think of hypocrisy as someone who says one thing and what? Does the other. Yep. Yeah, hypocrisy is not saying one thing and doing another as much as it is pretending to be one kind of person when in fact you are not. Hypocrisy is pretending. And so don't pretend to love people. Don't act like you love them when in fact you don't let love be without hypocrisy don't play a game with love don't play a charade with love the great danger that Paul is warning against is that Christians would be imposters we would be impersonators That we would act like we love other people or we act like we love God, but in fact we don't. So let love be without hypocrisy. And then it leads to this hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Well, that's easy to do, right? Because everyone knows the difference between good and evil. I mean... Just ask anyone who watches Fox News or MSNBC, right? Because good and evil are clearly portrayed there, except what Fox will tell us is evil, MSNBC is telling us is good, and what MSNBC is telling us is evil, Fox is... Oh... You see, for us humans, under the influence of sin, who are very confident of our ability to judge good and evil, because that's what happened at the tree in the garden, the knowledge of good and evil, taking to ourselves this ability to be as God. God's the one who determines good and evil. But we humans have taken that to ourselves. So, what is evil? Anyone or anything I don't like. And what's good? Well, anyone or anything, I do. But you can see how this gets complicated. And it certainly gets complicated when you're trying to love without hypocrisy. Hmm. See, love doesn't work quite that way, dividing the world into good guys and bad guys. But this this is how the world works. This is what Paul says, we're the Christian world is not to work that way. Because the challenge is we, we, we want to love the good guys and the good guys are the people we like, right? The people we determine to be good. And, and, and we're not gonna love the bad guys. What are we gonna do with the bad guys? We're gonna hate the bad guys. And so that's love with hypocrisy acting like you truly love as God has called us to, loving our neighbors ourselves, loving our enemy, loving one another. And so the Pharisees, of course, were the Academy Award winners in loving with hypocrisy. And they determined that Jesus was one of the bad guys because he came into the synagogue and he actually had the audacity to heal somebody on the Sabbath. We got to get him out of here. And they begin to plot early on in Jesus' ministry. They were plotting his demise. It took them a couple of years to, get, to finally get their way. And then Paul goes on, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And so he, he, he's in this theme. Here another little quick dive into the Greek. There are four different words for love in the Greek language. And so sometimes we're not sure exactly what word it is. So love must be sincere. That's that agape, that selfless, uh, sacrificial love. But there are other words for love. One has to do with the romantic love between man and woman. Eros is, is, is the word. There, there's another kind of love that is the love between friends. Um, it, there's a loyalty Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, right? So that's Philadelphia is just phila, that's love, Adelphos, brothers, the city of brotherly love. And so a friendship, a, a loyalty that we have to one another. And then there's love within the family relationship. Love that, that we experience in this room between our own families, spouses, children, grandparents, siblings, and then a church relationship family as well storge and so Paul here be devoted to one another in love he actually pulls two of these uh, words together so he's used three of the four words in the Greek language for love in just these two verses and so let your agape be without hypocrisy storge one another in philia And so, the love that we're to have for others is deep, it is selfless, it is sacrificial, it is based on shared bonds of humanity. We, we go through the same struggles, each of us. We, we, we've all been away from each other for a week, now we're gathered together again here at, at Greenwich. You've had some ups and some downs, I've had some ups and some downs. You know, a lot of, you know, middling kind of days. We, we all share the same hopes, the same hurts, the same struggles, the same desires for children. Whether they be young children, that they would be safe and they would grow and, and, and mature. Whether our children are older and up and out, we want them to do well. And we want them to be successful and, and, and we want them to follow the Lord. And, and, and so we, we have the same struggles and, and desires and, and fears and anxieties. And, and so... We love one another. There's a devotion to one another because we're, we're the same. We're more the same than we are different. And, 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 and so hate what is evil. Evil wants to kind of divide the world and say you all are really different from each other and so you need to love these people and not love those people. And say no, 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 no. The good is God wants us to love all these people so that there would be an abiding loyalty in our lives. Not just to the ones that we really like, that we call good and, and forget those other people we call evil. And abiding loyalty to our fellow human, and empathy, and understanding, uh, a commitment. Because this is love without hypocrisy. That, that, that's not an act, it's not a game, it's not a charade. And so the real deal kind of love recognizes that all of us are in the same boat. Every one of us. Every one of us faces the same kinds of challenge, daily pressures. Oh, it might be different pressure for you. And, and, and somebody actually, I think the um, COVID did this for us that I heard somebody say, we're actually not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. We're in different boats, but we're all in the same storm. And I think that's, maybe, maybe that's a, a better way of talking about it. And so the kind of love that Paul is commending, and he's writing, of course, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and he, he had to be brought into the teaching of the apostles and prophets, so he had to, to learn how Jesus fulfills uh, the Torah. And then he goes on and says, Honor one another above yourselves. Wow really? Well, I mean, that doesn't sound so hard, right? Uh, Some translations give preference to one another. That's how some of us know this passage. So rather than fighting your way through life, competing against others conniving against them conspiring against them seeing them as enemies and opponents you know that there's a a slice of the pie and if you don't get it you know if they get it before you you won't get any and so and so this is the way the human family often works and so the notion of giving preference to another person no, no 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 that's not what we want to do but if we're going to love agape without hypocrisy we're not going to play the game we're not going to play the charade if we're going to uh, philia one another and storge storge one another and philia if we're going to have this affection and, and and sympathy and empathy then we're going to recognize that in each of each other is an image of god and one for whom christ died even if that person may not have acknowledged jesus yet and so this challenge of honoring others above ourselves. Well, That might work in the church, Don. It might work at the potluck tonight, you know. Oh, no, 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 why don't you go first? Let me, I I give preference to you, so we'll all get credit for fulfilling this, you know, tonight. Does this work this way in business? Do you give preference to the to the other person? You, you say, this is, well, this is how much it costs. Oh, okay, ah, that's not how it works, right? And so this is challenging. But just imagine if we did give preference to others and honored one another's above ourselves. Because what happens at the tree in the garden, when we take of the tree of knowledge good and evil, we give preference to ourselves. And so Jesus tries to harness that, love your neighbor, how? As yourself. Jesus knows we give preference to ourselves. Jesus knows we give honor to ourselves. We, we love our own opinions over the opinions of others. We love our own ideas over the ideas of others. And so Jesus tries to harness that, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's a given that you're gonna love yourself. And so Paul extends this, honor one another above yourselves, give preference to one another. Uh, A number of years ago, some of you uh, will, will recall back in 2018, I had the great honor uh, of being asked to preach at the Presbyterian Church USA our denomination our denomination is General Assembly it meets every other year and the folks who were responsible for selecting the preachers for the 2018 event in um, in St. Louis I, I knew Denise uh, one of our uh, colleagues here uh, at National Capital Presbyterian. So she had led the previous year or the, in 2016. So the outgoing uh, moderators of the previous assembly choose the preachers for the next one. And she had heard what I had been saying and, 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 and been part of some of those conversations at our Presbytery around trying to, to, to be transparent and, and, and speak truth and love and grace and truth and we differ. And so when we differ, how can we differ in a way that brings honor to the Lord? And so I had this occasion to preach and I spoke about a covenant for pursuing unity in times of disagreement. Because going back into the 2016, 17, 18 timeframe, there was no disagreement in our country at all or anything, right? And In fact, there's no disagreement going on now either. So I don't know why we would even be talking about unity disagreement you know and one of the it was just five points I will pray for and live towards unity with other Christians based on a scripture in John I will acknowledge my own prejudices excesses and failings before I attempt to criticize or correct other Christians that's get the log out of your eye that's the approach there get the log out of your own eye I I will criticize myself and my team before I, I, I come after others and then this one In light of Romans chapter 12, verse 10 and verse 18, about insofar as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. I I, I said this, I will trust that the intentions of those with whom I disagree are honorable and speak the best of what I see in their efforts to serve Jesus Christ. I was trying to find a way to put this, honor one another above yourselves. If I disagree with somebody theologically, politically, socially, culturally, sports teams, if I disagree with somebody, I'm going to at least begin with the notion that they're an honorable person, they're made in the image of God, Christ has died for them. And that they're a conscientious person who has come to that conviction, come to that conclusion that they have theologically, uh, politically, or otherwise. They've come there for good reasons. And so I will trust that the intentions of those with whom I disagree are honorable and speak the best of what I see in their efforts to see Jesus Christ. And so I preached this and moved on. And on that occasion, uh, one of our... um, Fellow churches up in Leesburg asked me to preach the same sermon, essentially, there uh, for their church. And so I did so a month or two later, and I had somebody come up after and said, you know, I was with you until that point. I don't think other people in their politics are honorable, and I won't go any further on how they spoke about that. And I thought that one was gonna be tricky. And my guess is it's tricky for you to think of, call to mind somebody that you disagree with politically in your family, at work, in the community, or the person you don't know, but know they're out there. Is it possible to honor them above yourselves and listen to them well and say, okay, I don't see it that way. But I wanna honor you as one who's made in God's image, one for whom Christ has died. And I wanna to try to love without charades, without pretending, without hypocrisy. I wanna be devoted to you in and, and brotherly love, sisterly love. I wanna, as a fellow human, I know you have fellow struggles and, and desires for our nation or for our, our community or for our church, for, for et cetera. Friends, this one is hard. This one is hard. And, Please, do not think I do this well. It is an aspirational desire to trust the intentions of those. We're going to, I I knew I wasn't going to be able to get through the whole passage today. And so, two weeks ago, we introduced this, this sermon series. By this, all men, all women will know that you are my apprentices, you are my disciples. By the love you have one for another. Imagine if there was a community of people on earth who were committed to loving without hypocrisy. And imagine if there was a community of people on earth who who was committed not to just loving their own, just loving their own tribe, who would love others out of a shared humanity, a shared loyalty that would give preference to one another even with those with whom they might disagree and disagree deeply. Imagine if, if there was such a community of people on earth. Guess what? There is. It's the church. Our Lord established the church to be an alternative society to this society, an alternative world to this world. So that in this society, not just the Greenwich society, but all Christians everywhere, that in this society, those people would love without hypocrisy because they follow one who loves without hypocrisy. When you see Jesus, what you see is what you get. He is not playing games. He doesn't treat the Pharisees one way and the outcasts another. He, doesn't, he, he, he loves all people. Mm. He loved without prejudice is another way of saying it. The elites and the outcasts alike. In his incarnation, and this is the genius of the incarnation, God sent his son to take human flesh so that he would share with us the struggles, we would know that he knows what we struggle with. And so, in his incarnation, Jesus comes close and he he shows a devotion. (laughs) He gives preference to his disciples and when they're disputing about who's greatest, he gets up from the table and he gets down and he washes their feet. That's the context for love one another. And so, we follow someone who does these things, (laughs) who loves without hypocrisy, who hates what is evil, but he knows truly what's evil and he clings to what is good and he's devoted to one another, he's devoted to us in love and he honors us above himself. So much so, that when it was the preference of the world to kill him, he said, okay. And in that act of getting our way and putting him on the cross, guess what? He redeems the world. Isn't that something? So let's close here. We'll we'll pick up next week and, and go a little bit further. Father, help us. For we know not how to love in such a manner. So we look to Jesus And we pray for the spirit of Jesus to indwell us in our mind in our hearts and our voices as we go out to another week that we might truly love without hypocrisy, without pretense, without charades. And Lord, it's hard because we do prefer our own. We do prefer our tribe. And we only want to love those who love us. And so, Lord, we trust you to lead us and to change us, and to sanctify us, and to transform us. In the name of Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen.